Hashtag college football. I really think the number one question should be somebody should ask the players because there's a lot of talk around this and it's going to create the opportunity for as many as maybe 17 games that, have, that players play in the season. And I think that would be the major concern uh, to me. That's Nick Saban saying players need input into the playoff. Could 17 games happen? Well, a 12-game regular season. Game 13 is a conference title game. And then if you don't get a top-four seed and a bye, you could play four more games. Now, we have had blowouts in semifinals. So Dabo Sweeney at the ACC Media Days was just saying, why go to 12? I don't think those people can compete. I mean, please, look at me. How could these people compete with me? I mean, really, my genius, please. And now Nick Saban is, well, what if the 12 seed plays four games? Or the 5 seed. And that could happen at some point. And are the players going to get asked? Why? They haven't been asked about anything in the first 100 years of college football. Why will they start asking now? Okay, that was too much sarcasm. Nick raises a decent point, but honestly... I mean, the NCAA got dragged into the name, image, and likeness, kicking and screaming three inches at a time. I mean, that's how fast they got dragged into it. It took state legislatures acting before they finally did something. So, while Nick raises an interesting point, does anyone really think, well, we've got several billion dollars on the table, but first, I'm going to go over here and ask this sophomore. No chance. None whatsoever. Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach says expanding to 12 is a huge step in the right direction and added he would like to see 64 teams. I'm Mike Leach, and I'd like to have a bonus in my contract for making the tournament. And can we make the tournament as ginormous as possible? Because I really want that bonus. I'm not seeing any self-serving comments here whatsoever. Dabo is right in the current situation. We haven't had great semifinals. We've had blowouts, which leads to the question, well, will team five and six? The question everyone has, and it's speculation, and there are lots of people on both sides of it right now, is are these players going to Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Clemson? We've got 20 of the 28 playoff bids because, A, they want to go to the playoffs, and B, they think it's the best track to the NFL. Now, Jalen Johnson specifically did not go to Oklahoma because he thought if he went to the U as a defensive back, they would absolutely get him in the NFL, and that was his goal. Oklahoma had a great season. PK and I asked him, and he's a freshman. He's sorry he didn't get to Oklahoma. No, my goal is to get to the NFL. I feel like I'm on track to do that. He got his degree in three years. He graduated, and he went to the NFL as a high draft pick. Nailed it. But for a lot of the elite players, clearly they're gravitating to these four schools. Now, once you know 12 teams are getting in and there's name, image, and likeness money, why do I want to go over there, go to Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, be the third or fourth best player in my position, get no NIL money early on, unless I'm Alabama's presumed starting quarterback. Or do I want to go to this school over here? Because they're, they're probably going to get in. Georgia, Notre Dame, Oregon, schools that routinely can get in the top 12. 
maybe it'll spread the elite talent around. And if Bama and Clemson aren't three deep at every position, maybe they won't be blowing people out in semifinals. That's what Mike Leach thinks. Plus, he thinks he can be one of the 12 and get his bonus. So that's all nice, but let's not bury the lead here, people. According to a report first published in the Houston Chronicle, Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC about joining the SEC. Both schools released statements saying they would not address this story. Well, they don't want to lie. And it's going to happen. <laughs> so they're not going to address it. That is what most of the Big 12 seems to think, including Oklahoma State, who went public. Oklahoma State's going to fight for their program, and they do not want to be left behind by Oklahoma. Hey, 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 you're not leaving us on island stranded with these guys over here, points at Tulsa. G5 team. The only impediment to this seems to be Texas A&M, who put out a statement that said, bleep no, no bleeping way, signed Texas A&M. Well, they didn't say that exactly, but they did have their AD at the SEC Media Days, and most schools did not have an AD there. Lucky, happenstance, or they knew this was coming? Huh, you make the call. Texas A&M right now is the only alternative for the Texas high school star who wants to A, stay in state, and B, play in the SEC. Now, there are Texas players willing to go out of state and play in the SEC, and there are Texas players willing to stay home and play in the Big 12. But they do have this little corner on the market. And if you think Utah and BYU don't like each other, <laughs> let me give you the hate fest that is Texas and Texas A&M. There were multiple writers yesterday saying no one, yesterday saying, no one does petty like Texas football. The Longhorns think they're all that and cannot get out of their own way. They always seem to lose three or four games, unless they lose five. And A&M feels like they're finally getting, finally getting it rolling here. And they do not want to share, even if it's 1,000 high school football pro- prospects and you can only keep 50 of them in state, 25 per school. No, there's some serious bad blood there. Barry Trammell is going to tell us how much of this is smoke and how much of this is fire. Multiple unnamed Big 12 sources told people there's too much smoke for there not to be fire. A&M cannot scuttle it. The vote to expand does not have to be unanimous. It's got to be 11 to 3. Now, this is SEC probably doesn't want 11 to 3. That looks too divided. Are some of the other schools on the western side of the conference thinking we don't need Texas in this league and Oklahoma in this league? We are only going to get better if we get elite kids out of Texas to come to Arkansas and to come to Missouri. That would be three votes. Or Arkansas and Missouri would be happy to be in kind of a pseudo Big 12 SWC kind of division. Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, LSU, Arkansas, Missouri, probably the two Mississippi schools. That'd be an 18 Western division. We'll talk to Barry Trammell coming up at 9 o'clock. He writes for the paper in Oklahoma City. Online at newsok.com. He does some radio. He's done TV there. And he's been on this show many times. We'll find out at 9 o'clock what he knows about this and how the dominoes fall. Does the Big 12 then at eight teams do the rating or does the Big 12 get rated? There have been Kansas to the Big 10 rumors. There have been uh, West Virginia. Well, West Virginia would take the ACC or the Big 10. They're in or adjacent to both footprints. They'd like to be in, and so far no one has wanted them. But will that change? The other leagues feel like they have to go to 16. The SEC TV contract, if you add brand names like Texas and Oklahoma, will be ginormous. Pac-12 defaulting to the fourth best power league. 
Iowa moved up a notch as we watched the Big 12 die. Or at least get remade. Now, maybe this opens it up for Houston and BYU to be teams 9 and 10. That league holds firm. They've got NCAA bids. Top six leagues get in. Why go to a league you can't win? Stay in your league. Top six conference champs get in the new playoff. Maybe the other eight hold together. All questions are unpassed. past Barry Trammell at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. The San Francisco 49ers agreed to a deal with linebacker Fred Warner yesterday. The five-year, $95 million deal includes $40.5 million guaranteed. It make him the highest-paid off-ball linebacker in NFL history. And it might lead to the Fred Warner weight room at BYU. I don't know. It is good when you see those guys hit a big and they give back to the school that helped them get there. So we'll see if Fred does something for the wide down the line. But I think Cougar fans, shoulders back, chest out. That's our guy. Just before training camp starts, Steelers linebacker Vince Williams announces his retirement. Played eight seasons with the team after being selected in the sixth round of the 2013 draft. Man, eight years in the NFL. This is dog years, people. I'd be impressed with eight years in the NBA or eight years in Major League Baseball. PK and I always talked about when you do 10 in those leagues, that is a huge success. It doesn't matter if you're a role guy and you bounce around. If you last in MLB or NBA for 10 years, the NFL is dog years. There are guys just trying to get to the pension, and that is an accomplishment. The injuries, the setbacks, eight years, that's a win for Vince. And the Steelers, really interesting. Started 11-0 last year, faded big time. What are they going to do with Roethlisberger? Do they have enough of a team around him? Is he he's supposed to be leaner and meaner this year? Is he going to be able to sustain it for 16 games? It feels like one last run. Run it back one last time in Pittsburgh, and then everything blows up, and they start over again. They have been a model of stability in the NFL. Fabulous. Three coaches. I mean, how many, how many teams in the NFL you say, you know, I think I'll name every head coach they've had since the leagues merged in 1970. Yeah, you try that with one team out of 32. That's what you do. One. That's it. Chuck Knoll, four Super Bowl titles. Mike Tomlin, long run. And in between... That dude with the jaw, he's on TV. Uh, yeah, Bill Cowher. That's it. There you go. In half a century. Phenomenal. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. What? Word is leaked out of Fort Knox? Why did the NSA allow this information to escape? The Utah Jazz will be holding pre-draft workouts today ahead of the NBA draft next week. Jazz are going to have the 30th pick in the draft. Participants expected clue include Houston guard Quentin Grimes, Providence guard David Duke, and San Diego State small forward Matt Mitchell. Who are they looking to draft? Are they really going to stay at 30? Are they going to trade up like they did with Donovan Mitchell and with Rudy Gobert? Are they going to trade back like they did last year and move back a few picks and grab as a weekend? What will the Jazz do? We'll have David Locke on to talk all things Jazz coming up at 8.30. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 3-1 pitch. That's it in the air. Deep to left field. It was a fastball, and it got lost. Two-run home run. Fernando Tatis Jr. He's 29th of the season. And the Padres extend their lead 3-0 here in the fifth. 
Tatis Jr. goes deep again. Padres beat the Braves 3-2 in game one of their doubleheader. Game two stopped by the rain in the middle of the fifth inning with the Padres up 5-4. Date to resume yet to be determined. Padres in third in the West. They're trying to keep up with the Giants and the Dodgers. The Giants beat the Dodgers 4-2. Wilmer Flores with the big swing. Go ahead, two-run homer in the ninth inning. Kenley Jansen. Good enough to hold on to the job. Bad enough to make Dodger fans get the meat sweats every time he comes in. 25 save opportunities. He's blown four of them. Wilmer Flores takes him deep. Giants win. They've got a two-game lead in the National League West. They've won two out of three from the Dodgers. The fourth and final game of the series is tonight. And then next week, they get back after it with three more games up in San Francisco. Best division in baseball, really intriguing race. you got three good teams. Two of them are slotted for the wild card, and one of them is going to play one postseason game and go home and think, what just happened? How did that happen to our season? Giants playing 632 ball. They are on a 100-win pace. They are doing what the Dodgers and Padres were supposed to do, win 100 games and look like champs. But in baseball, and the regular season's nice, but the playoffs are different and can all go away so fast. The Arizona Diamondbacks, with the worst record in baseball, are flirting with not having the worst record in baseball after sweeping the Pirates. Playing for the top pick there. Is somebody tanking? This is the NBA. That's what we'd be talking about. The Pirates and the Diamondbacks have the worst two records in the National League, and Arizona sweeps the Pirates with a 6-4 win. Chicago White Sox rookie. Yerman Mercedes wrote in an Instagram post last night that he is stepping aside from baseball indefinitely. He apologized to the team in his post for not accepting some of their decisions. He'd been demoted to AAA at the beginning of July. And the Bees return home to action as they take on the Las Vegas Aviators. First pitch at 6.30. You can listen to the game right here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag RSL. Rail Salt Lake and the LA Galaxy played to a 2-2 draw last night at Rio Tinto Stadium. We always talk about you tie these games, and there's some draws that feel like wins and some that feel like losses. This one felt like a big old 3-0 loss. This one felt terrible. RSL came out flying, dominating the game, dominating possession, creating chances, scoring in the first 10 minutes. Albert Rusnak, whose last four goals were all penalties, scored in the run of play for the first time in 11 months. The first time since the bubble in Florida. It's a good goal. They tacked on another goal from Michael Chang. They led two. They had a two-goal lead after half an hour. In the final hour, LA took control of the game, came back and tied it, and had multiple chances. Had an open goal and had a guy just not from eight yards out just not be able to put it on frame. It was just horrible. Had a, a bad back pass under hit. Had a guy one-on-one with a keeper, and he bailed out at the last second. Ochoa made the save. Ochoa made a tremendous save on a corner kick. Tremendous goalkeeping. Both teams hit the frame. Then could have been 6-3. Ended up 2-2. RSL's got Colorado, 8 o'clock. Fireworks! Saturday. We'll talk with uh, Trey Fitzgerald coming up in about 10 minutes about RSL and why they've only won one of their last seven home games, which is not nearly good enough. DJ and PK. From the Anaheim Ducks, the Seattle Kraken select Hayden Fleury. Newest team in the NHL had its roster, has its roster after the expansion draft was held last night. The Seattle Kraken selected 30 players, did not announce side deals or trades 
Something Vegas took advantage of in its inaugural season. Vegas, best expansive team ever. Hi, we're in the league. Let's go to the Stanley Cup final. And talk about 0 to 200 in 6.2 seconds. That's what Vegas did. Will Seattle do it? The full NHL schedule will be released later today. DJ and PK. The side of the penalty area, the deep cross, Hertig 3 0. Lena Hertig with the header. And Sweden are taking Team USA apart here in Tokyo. The U.S. women's national team opened with a horrific 3 0 loss to Sweden. Kristen Press put the positive spin on it, former Utah Royal. We had a long string of wins. Yeah, more than 40 in a row. And we haven't had a lot of games where we've had to come back or anything like that. I think this was actually really good to have this match. Uh, okay. Uh, the women's soccer is a 12-team tournament. It's three groups of four. So the winner and the second-place team in the group advance and two of the three third-place teams advance. So really, you're largely playing for seeding. If the U.S. can't get out of group play, yikes. However... They've already lost once. I assume they get out of group play, and then it'll be all about what you do, eight teams, single elimination, knockout play, what happens then. Uh, we'll get to that with Trey coming up as well. The games officially start with the opening ceremonies tomorrow night, but due to the soccer and the nature of the sport and needing time between games, <clears throat> they get to uh, pop the cork on the tournament there before they get to the uh, opening ceremonies. All right, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Trey Fitzgerald coming up next. Cindy Bourne from the Washington Post covering the Olympics will join us at 8 o'clock. There's been talk about the games getting canceled. Would they do that at this late date? Seems like the TV show is destined to progress. And how many more athletes are going to drop out here? Do you even want to stay in the Olympic Village? Would you rather be locked in a hotel room? Which is safer? Uh, we will talk with Cindy Bourne about all of that and the U.S. Olympic basketball team at 8 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.